Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. Big news time. For the last several months, I've been on the team planning to launch a brand new publishing company, the Crossover Alliance. In short, we're looking to bring Christ-centered fiction with edgy content into the hands of readers looking for this sort of material. It's edgy Christian speculative fiction. And just like some of the PG-13 and R-rated stories we featured here on the Untold Podcast, the intent is not to be edgy just to be edgy. No, at the Crossover Alliance, we believe the light shines brighter in the darkness. We've recently launched a Kickstarter campaign with a great video. Check the show notes for the link and help us support this endeavor. And because of this, starting next week, the Untold Podcast will be releasing a series of three mini-episodes featuring segments from the Crossover Alliance's first-year catalog. We'll feature the work of Jess Hanna. You've heard his work before in episode 14, If It Causes You to Sin. We'll also hear from David N. Alderman. You've heard from him before in episode 18, The Spigot. And appearing on the podcast for the first time, Mark Carver. Please support the project a little or a lot. It all goes towards telling great stories. And now, for more news. Well, the Spirit Blade Underground Alliance is about to be homeless as soon as the new SpiritBlade.com launches. So we've worked with Peter Francing to transfer the shows over here to the Untold Podcast. If you're not familiar with the Spirit Blade Underground Alliance, it was a collection of Christian creative types who came together to produce a variety of Christian audio stories. This alliance is winding down, but we wanted to preserve them. So now you'll find a link entitled SBUA on our homepage. That's Spirit Blade Underground Alliance. That will bring you to the main page. There you can subscribe to the podcast via our feed, or you can use Stitcher or iTunes. There's a few more shows that might trickle in, so subscribe and listen to some great audio drama. Two of my shows are featured over there, Untold Alliances and today's episode, the Silver Dance, which originally appeared on episode 199 of the Spirit Blade Underground podcast. The story was narrated and produced by Peter Franson from Spirit Blade Productions. He is a producer, actor, and podcaster extraordinaire. His credits include over 300 highly produced episodes of the Spirit Blade Underground podcast, and that is going to continue on for years and years to come. He also produced the full-length audio dramas Spirit Blade, Spirit Blade Dark Ritual, and Pilgrim's Progress, Similitude of a Dream. Let's give a listen. The Silver Dance by Nathan James Norman I was little more than a pup back when the vamps began overwhelming the central territories. Up until then, the wolves and the pyres had an understanding. The bloodsuckers stayed near the coasts, and the wolves ran the interior of this great country. But something snapped inside of them. Maybe it was their desire to conquer, or maybe it was their god's hatred of the high spirit. But I think it was on account of their low food supply. They ate the humans, and we wolves protected them. You ask me, I reckon they were mighty hungry when they reached our end of Arizona. 
Like I said, I was a pup. Just barely had my first transformation when one of Sheriff Lakeez's deputies came into the tavern. Sheriff Lakeeza! Sheriff Lakeeza! The pyres have taken the canyon! Shot up 30 of my men before we right got out of there, he said. The sheriff dropped the bottle he was holding onto, but he kept his feet crossed on top of the table. Curses, Red Thunder! I told you and your boys to hold on to that canyon at all cost! He picked up the bottle again and took a long swig and stopped when the liquor started cascading down his muzzle and through his fur. Now we'll never get them out of there. Sheriff Wakiza's son, White Eagle, stood up from the bar and walked over to his father's table. They called him White Eagle on account of his white fur from head to paw. And while most of the wolves occasionally changed back to a human form every now and then, None ever saw White Eagle apart from two things, his white fur and his silver bullet six-shooter. So White Eagle went to his father's table and took off his hat. We can get him during the day, Pa. But the sheriff shook his head. No, we can't. That canyon is so deep the sun near right hits it. And we certainly can't go in there after dark. White Eagle let out a low growl and put his hat back on. If we don't hit them now, they'll eventually overwhelm us sooner or later. Sheriff Wakiza took his feet off the table and stood up. Now, son, what do you have it in your mind to do? I've got around 600 of the best soldiers these planes ever seen stationed right here in this town. Let those leeches have the canyon. Soon as empires come on up out of the canyon, my lookouts will come out hollering and we'll be ready to shoot them dead before they ever reach the town. White Eagle growled again, this time a bit louder. If we let the pyres be, they'll add to their numbers day by day and eventually be enough to overwhelm us. Now, I don't know what you're fixing to do, White Eagle, the sheriff returned the growl, but you ain't going into that nest of pyres and stirring up any trouble, do you understand me? White Eagle backed down, his paws clicking against the tavern's wooden floor as he stepped backward. Yeah, I suppose. I was watching from the corner and sheriff pointed at me, Rotag, you follow White Eagle here around. And if he starts heading towards that canyon, you come on in here and you let me know. You hear me? I nodded, both excited and scared for the opportunity. White Eagle busted out of the doors of the tavern, and I scampered up behind him. Here, he shoved a shotgun and silver hunting knife into my arms. If you're going to be tailing me, you might as well be useful. Days went by, and... Sheriff Wakiza spent his days in the tavern, and White Eagle spent most of his days outside, sitting by the hitching posts facing the canyon, sharpening his silver knife. After about two weeks, White Eagle turned to me and said, I'm going on over to the canyon while the sun's at its peak. You want to come along, or am I going to have to tie you up? And figuring there was no harm in looking, I agreed to go along. But as the dust of the hot day coated our fur and clothes, White Eagle turned to me and said, If the pyres overrun us, there's nothing stopping them from killing the humans in the next town over, nor the town after that, I reckon. I nodded. He continued, Perhaps the High Spirit will smile on us today and show us how to drive these pyres back to their own lands. When we finally reached the canyon, we peered over the edge and saw about a hundred vampires more than we had bullets to kill. White Eagle said, I'm going to show myself to them, and if they start shooting at us, like I figure they will, then we'll just turn tail and head back to town. 
But if they invite us down there, it must be the high spirit showing us favor. And we'll go down. I don't know why I nodded again, but there was something in his voice that made me want to follow him. He danced with the spirit, and I couldn't reckon anyone else doing it the same. Well, White Eagle stuck his head over the ridge and stood up. He called down to the pyres, and they looked back up at him with their hollow yellow eyes. They hissed and spit and drew their six-shooters, shotguns, and pistols. Look, the flea bags have come seeking an alliance from our fury, they shouted at us. Run, run for your hills, for our progeny have covered the coasts and will spread over you like a tidal wave. Come down here and we'll show you the terror the land will soon know. White Eagle smiled and turned to me. Let's get going. With guns holstered, we slide down the steep edges of the embankment. At points, we had to climb down backwards, facing away from the vampires as they taunted us and made sucking noises. We stopped only for a second on the ledge, no more than 20 feet above the pyres. White Eagle turned to me and winked. Hit the ground shooting. Keep your back to me, and when you run out of ammo, steal one of their guns. And we slid down the rest of the way, our hind claws scraping the chalky rock and kicking up dust. White Eagle drew his six-shooter and started firing into the mob. He hit the ground before me. With backs to each other, we fired silver round after silver round. I know White Eagle hit more than me, but I killed plenty too. At first, the pyres jumped on us, but as we filled them full of silver, they began to scatter, then run. White Eagle only paused for a moment as he picked up a shotgun from a dead pyre, cocked it, and smiled. As we ran them down, thunder tore through the canyon and lightning struck the ground on all sides of us. It felt like the earth shook as we ran them down. It wasn't long before Sheriff Orkiza's boy showed up and helped us run the pyres all the way past Vegas. After those days of battle, it was clear to near everybody that the sheriff was no man to lead. He was shamed, and along with him, his family which included White Eagle. Another wolf became sheriff, and White Eagle was nearly forgotten by most folks. But White Eagle was okay with that, because he just wanted to kill vampires. You've been listening to The Silver Dance, written by Nathan James Norman based on the book of 1 Samuel, chapters 13 and 14, narrated and produced by Peter Franson, with music by Sound Ideas. For additional credits and information, visit spiritblade.net. Thank you for listening. And that was our story. I hope you liked it. This story was based on 1 Samuel 14, one of my favorites. Kent Edwards, my preaching professor, taught me how biblical stories work from this text. And of equal importance, he taught me how to preach narrative effectively from this text. I can remember vividly driving home late at night on the Five through L.A., thinking about this story. And for some reason, I transformed the biblical story into a werewolf western. I've preached this text before. Uh, the biblical one, not this speculative story, and I'm currently preaching through 1 Samuel to the congregation I serve, the Orchard Church. I have to say, I'm looking forward to returning to this text 
although this time, I think I'm going to write a first-person sermon. If you're interested in checking out my sermons, head over to www.orchardchurch.net and click on Sermons. So as we go, please remember to submit a story of your own, subscribe to our show, join our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, leave us reviews on iTunes, Stitchers, or wherever you find us, and support the Crossover Alliance on Kickstarter, and tell your friends. And remember that... This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network. For more great content and community, visit ChristianGeekCentral.com. Until next time, I'm Nathan James Norman, wondering, do you want to come along, or am I going to have to tie you up? 